good morning, good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. This show is dedicated to celebrating people of African descent. Our goal is to shed light on undertold stories from heroes and heroines who are making a difference in their communities. In doing so, these leaders are rewriting the African narrative, evolving the fabric of what we believe should be. And while we meet a wide range of characters along the way, from artists to entrepreneurs to activists, they all share a common goal. They come from the margins, but truly cannot be marginalized. My name is Kendawani Mwase. And today's episode is Lions Don't Sleep and features my conversation with Chidiogo Akunyeli Har. Chidiogo is a poised leader whose grace belies her name. I met her some time ago as she gave an emotionally uplifting speech about her life and struggles. Though the overall topic was somewhat sobering, she left the amphitheater crowd with a sense of triumph and hope. Her words left everyone, from staff to patrons, with a sense of pride. I still can remember that we all walked onto the uncertainty of that evening with our heads held high and with our spirits resolute. Naturally, her resume is littered with meaningful milestones. She's a prolific speaker, as I mentioned having been out front at international events, including the African Innovation Week coming up, where she's among a select few that have been chosen to energize and mobilize youth across the continent and across the globe. She's a business leader, having held prominent positions at the World Economic Forum, Seeds and Chips, and more recently, the Ubuntu Tribe. All of these organizations like Chidiogo, are grounded in development of people. And as if that wasn't enough, Chidiogo has taken her personal brand of activism to create, well, a bit of a personal brand. In 2017, she founded She Roars, a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to helping women reach their potential and unleash their strength on the world. As you'll soon hear, she does all this with a soft-spoken determination that's magnetic, nurturing, and empowering. So, it's time. Let's lean in and listen up. My name is Chidioga Kunyeli, and... Chidiogo is means God is gracious and the origin is I suppose a celebration at my birth even though there was a desire for a boy uh, okay. and I turned out to be a girl I like okay. to think it was almost sort of like you know what we're still grateful God yeah. it's okay we'll accept this <laughs> you're so gracious so that became my name Chidiogo, Chidiogo. Where is that from? Uh, it's from Nigeria, from the southeast of Nigeria, to be specific. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And are you one of several or one of? One of six children. One of six and children. And the 
third girl in a search for a boy. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so I gotta ask the weird question is did is there the a boy, boy yes the boy he came. Come? There was actually already a first I have an older brother, but there was a desire for two boys. Just kinda of have the Oh to balance. Yeah. And the support, you know, you have to have your brother with you supporting you. So my mother was very clear. I didn't want her son to be alone. Wanted him to have his brother by his side and oh vice versa. Oh my gosh. And um, very ambitious. She's she's very clear. It was actually my mom, my father always is a typical Igbo man, but it was my mother who had that clarity that she wanted her oldest son to have support. I feel like taking this a couple mm. of different directions, but I'll I'll stick with this one. If okay. um if I were to take a, a a litmus test of the people in your life that care about you most, mm. you know your husband, your family, friends, close friends. Would they say that your name fits? Oh, absolutely. I think so. Um, I think they'll, they'll say that there is something about the word grace in my name. And I think they would say and agree because I think there's some something to that. That there's a grace around me, mm-hmm. you know, if because that word grace could be about being graceful yourself, being gracious, being, um, but I, in this case, I'm really thinking more like this, the grace of a blessing, you know, I feel like there's a, um, a story of my life has been marked by so many extraordinary moments that you can't, but just, you know, marvel at the guidance and the, the the goodwill that follows me. And I'm very conscious of that. And I think those around me also are because um, they witness it and we have moments where we can reflect on, on that. You, you're from Nigeria I or am. your roots are in Nigeria. I am from Nigeria. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am not, I am, I am, fully from Nigeria. So what does Nigeria mean to you then? It's my, it's my roots. It's the best way I can put it. Nigeria is where I started and it's, it's core, it's essence. And in many ways, it, a lot of who I am feeds from that identity, but it, it, I don't have, Nigeria does not have to be a place um, that I, I live anymore. I think that has changed for me. I never thought that I would not be in Nigeria. And now I don't know um, if living or being home is any more part of my story. But Nigeria is very much all of my story and because it's a foundation but it's definitely when when I if I were to ask you where's home, that's what, what would you answer? I think home is right here. It's Toronto. If it's without being home, home is is with my husband here. It's my siblings are in the states. My brothers in Nigeria. My friends are all over. So home is has has become so many different things and. It's no longer just a country. It's those who care for me. It's a place I can rest. It's a place that that I feel safe and seen and I can explore and 
all of that beautiful stuff. So Nigeria has always been home, but it doesn't feel anymore like it's still home. I, I have a friend who says oh, his home is wherever his phone connects automatically to the Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's his answer. There you go. There you go. Chidiogo, what do you what do you do for work? So I wear many hats, and I can say three hats. One is as the founder of She Roars, supporting women on their self-actualization journey as powerful change makers and what it means to step fully into into their power. And the second hat is as a writer, and I'm currently finishing my first novel <laughs> book <laughs> that is um, based on the story of my mother and in very many ways it's a story of um, the power of women mm-hmm. and all the challenges that come with being in this particular case an African woman and mm-hmm. what it takes to move beyond that and also the price that one pays for you know, struggling through all those barriers that yeah. exist in society and um, and um, becoming it's... successful in many ways. And I actually decided to write this book after she passed on. She lived such an important life. And um, just given my my deep belief in the power of stories, uh, I I stepped into the task that has been too two and a half years, three years in the making now of writing this book. And I'm really excited to be finishing and sending it off to a publisher next week's. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And a third hat I wear as a consultant working on various projects. Um, One one specifically is really exciting. It's on agriculture and food innovation and and supporting um, building up food innovation hubs across various countries in Africa. Is mm. is one of these projects more um, <laughs> fulfilling than the next? Because they all seem like such powerfully, um, powerfully driven projects that involve a lot of, I would imagine, would involve mm. a lot of you. Absolutely. What I really love about... What I do is that everything is a choice. And I I am very conscious of the privilege of that. To be in a position that the work that I'm doing is exactly the work that I want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And that I'm passionate about. And I have something to contribute to, you know. Yeah, you drive the agenda. I'm in, and my my skills are suited for this. I see. You know, and you know, so I'm in my zone of genius, you yeah, could say. Yeah. And that feels really good because I have seen even in my own life, and I see in so many in so so many people's lives around me, how easy it is to to do work that might not feel very satisfying and that's the reality of the of the world that we live in today and many millions are living that so to your question on what which is more exciting i've chosen all of these paths that for me is everything 
Is that part of what you speak about at She Roars? So we run, with She Roars, we run various workshops with women, mostly of African descent. Okay. And, um, but not exclusively. Not exclusively. We've had a um, workshop here in Toronto, mm-hmm. two workshops here in Toronto with a diverse group of mm-hmm. women. Okay. So it really depends, and we tailor our workshops to the different um, circumstances and needs, but mostly women of African descent. And within that, it's really how do we create the space for people to listen to their own intuition? Because a lot of the work that we do is not telling you what to do or how to do it. It's really just allowing you the space to connect to your own drive to connect to your own blocks to connect to your own dreams and in doing that then you can either start working towards it you can start healing those blocks you can start questioning some of those limiting beliefs so that's the kind of work we do it's not so the best that i that all the hats i wear can offer is the truth of my own journey to live that life of constantly questioning the blocks and the limiting beliefs that I carry for my own self Mm -hmm. and to also step into my own intuition and I mentioned earlier I had a very big intuition or a very um, urgent intuition to give myself the freedom to be able to do some of the work that I'm doing now so that meant leaving 14 years in corporate nine nine to midnights you know kind of work (laughs) and and stepping into the unknown and the unknown was and is always scary i would love your take on the glass uh the glass ceiling and that whole concept and how um how or whether we've progressed as a society to a to a legitimately real better Mm. place Hmm. I think that the conversation around the glass ceiling is extremely important. The glass ceiling is real in more ways than one. Some ways are more obvious than others. A two weeks leave for new mothers <laughs> in 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 America, yes, the greatest yes, country in the world, is shows such a disdain for women um and i'm not a mother myself um recently i i had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and i was recently pregnant and it was just a few weeks and i was so sick and the whole experience was so traumatic that all I could think of was, oh my goodness, I thought I understood the struggles of women, but I knew nothing. And the millions of women that go through the various experiences of bringing life into this world, as one example, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be it the, the, you know, the miscarriages that happens 20% of women, sure, be it yeah. to... Um, complications at birth, yeah. be it to the physical, the physical, the, of that, of the whole you know, journey, yeah. just a few weeks in and what that did to me on the physical level. So I feel something went from a 
theory and from supporting other women through their own challenges and own experience to just seeing all the ways that it had been, it would have been impossible for me in that moment, in those weeks of my life, to hold any job or to perform in any way, shape, or form in a in a corporate environment. For one example, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the many jobs just that any, require yeah. for you to show up and nobody's interested in in what's going on for yeah, you personally and yeah. personally and it's not like you have a doctor's letter it's yeah. like this this is so much more i think the truth is that the way i experience it the current design is misinformed because women were not part of any discussions or the, we were not part of design in the work week or, yeah, those or things, the yeah. work years or the, you know, the, none the of this, yeah. the structure and, 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 you know, uh, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, as, as you're, as you're mentioning that, uh, it, it reminded me of, uh, I'm a father and I, when I, my kids were born, my sister-in-law got me this book said, so, so you're going to be a dad. And one of the first chapters was about morning sickness. And it said quite logically that the concept of morning sickness has to have been framed by a man. Because if all of these changes are happening to a woman's body, does it make any sense (laughs) that that only be in the morning? You know what I mean? And it was sort of like... It was the first time for me, I was sort of like, oh yeah, but the idea was, okay, men are going to work. So they see their spouse or partner not feeling well in the morning and they leave. So for them, they're like, oh, she's got morning sickness. That's powerful. And the whole, it's kind of what you were saying about like, what frames the conversation is so ill-informed at the source. Exactly. Well um, said. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Uh, but anyways, I don't... That's, that's, no, that's really, really powerful. The, what frames the conversation is so ill-informed at the source. So what we're doing now is working with a system that does not see us and wants us not to see ourselves, right? And what ends up happening it's just a lot of suffering because sacrifices have to be made by so many by men and women but most certainly women disproportionately and the glass ceiling becomes a case of you know these sacrifices prices have to be paid one way or the other and we see the price is either paid by your family or by not having access to your dreams. Yeah. And that's such an awful choice to have. And that's what we have before us. Mm-hmm. It's choose one. Mm-hmm. Can't have both. So we're living in a world where we we were we were never expected to have both. And now we've, we're very capable of having it all. That's our desire because that's a human desire to have to dream and to have access to your dreams and to not be limited by any sense of you can't do this that's your place and this is so that glass ceiling starts with that just that societal um construct that does not see the woman for the power and the struggles and the immense immense capacity 
she has to go through all of that. Nature has almost like endowed upon her because you have to be strong to be a woman. A contextual programming note for listeners. This interview was recorded months prior to November 3rd, 2020. The date of the U.S. election. As we all know, the result of that voting has seen the overdue election of the first female vice president in the history of the United States. It cannot be overlooked that that election has also been marked by the fact that that vice president, Kamala Harris, will be the first female vice president of color. Congratulations. And while that milestone and the many milestones that preceded it appear to be markers of progress, we must all remember that they are just that, markers. The inertia must continue as there is a long, long way to go. How do you feel about being a role model? Can we back up? Do you see yourself as a role model? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think it would be true to to deny that that's um that's a role that I play. Many, I see myself as successful. I try to get rid of, you know, that modesty that plagues <laughs> so many of us women. I, I, am, I am successful. <laughs> At some point, it's like, wait, what am I saying? <laughs> like, um, yeah, that's, that's, yes. one of, that's one of the problems. Yeah. That, and, and problems is I, I, don't, I don't mean that to be uh, pejorative, but I find it interesting that Men have this audacity of of um, of belonging. This this uh, audacity of I I am a role model. Yeah. Yet like, many women are more reserved and um, almost too mindful of mm, what's what's around them. To yeah. think they they're too thoughtful. Yeah. In in a way, absolutely. Uh, some not 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 all, but yeah. uh, it's I, almost I like hear it in myself, and yeah. that's something I see as I experience with a lot of the women that we work with, and you know, definitely myself. And some of the exercises we do is: Do you know your power? Like, do you know your superpower? Do you know that you have it? Can you own it? Because yeah. that's often something we all shy away from, men and women. But in this case. We're identifying that there's um, that's more disproportionate with women. So yes, as as a role model, um, I'm very conscious that a lot of a lot of what I've found to be the best way I can support anybody that looks to me is to remind you that. Everything isn't rosy always. And to always be very honest with the struggles and the doubts and the failures and the journey 
as much as I can share its entirety. Um, because I think a lot of what I see that we struggle with as um, in looking up to role models is that we, we, it becomes very easy to just see the end result and presume that something is wrong with you because you're not there without dismissing that person or not being aware of that person's story, my story, where I've come from, all the things I've been through, the moments that I've questioned, all the moments that I've broken down and 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 um, wanted to give up. So my hope in the work that I do and continue to do in by virtue of just being me and 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 showing up for women is that you can always trust where you are on your journey, knowing that no one's journey is without its really, really low moments Mm -hmm. as much as they can be really, really high moments. And you can be mindful of both and celebrate all. Um, So that's, that's, um, that's how I like to see the impact that I can have. And I do have through my life and the way I live it. And as a role model. My favorite movies. Yeah. I'm a Sound of Music kind of girl. Are you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I like my, you know. Because it's a musical? I or love because musicals. Of the time you're a musical fan? I, a okay. mixture of all of the above. It's just some films stand out for me. But if I had to pick the ones that keep making me happy, yeah. I think the cartoons, the Pixar's, oh, and the. Nice. okay. You know, like How to Tame a Dragon and Moana is my favorite. Those two. Are <laughs> Did we talk about your favorite food? No. Okay. Oh, my favorite food? Mm-hmm. Beans and plantain. Oh, nice. Yes. Are you That's a chef? It's probably the only thing I can cook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have three more questions. Please. The last time that you laughed embarrassingly hard. Embarrassingly hard? Like you could not stop. Huh. Huh. So there you have it. The conversation continues. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Simplified Studios, the soundstage and auditory office of Speech Simplified. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Andy Ninval and Joachim Nortebert. I'd like to thank Chidiogo for allowing me to visit her for this spirited interview. After our talk, Chidiogo mindfully suggested that I take a long walk along the waterfront not too far from our meeting spot. That walk was truly refreshing and left me with an even deeper sense of peace after a great and fulfilling conversation. I had oxygen and optimism. 
Thank you, Chidiogo. I'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for lending me your ears for this show. I hope you've enjoyed the talk as much as I did. If you like what you've heard, there's more. Our upcoming roster of shows will include conversations with more entrepreneurs, more artists, and more leaders within the community. We're also gearing up for season three. (laughs) That's right, season three. In it, you'll hear much of the same, but not entirely in the same way. We've got some great surprises, some more amazing guests, and even more inspiring cultural conversations. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any of these upcoming episodes. Remember, you can find us wherever you do your listening. From iTunes, to Spotify, to Google Play, to many, many more. And of course, if you enjoy some social sprinkled in with your experience, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram under our handle, Crowd54. Listen, like, share. This is your host, Kandwani Mwase. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening. <laughs>